Welcome to Inside Out. Without prejudice or boundaries, this space is for raw and vulnerable conversations surrounding health, mental well-being, relationships, parenthood, and so much more. Our goal is to deliver a conversation that will educate and empower you through shared experiences told by inspiring and relatable guests. My name is Chris. I'm a wife, mum, and stepmom who is on a personal journey that cultivates a life of alignment and intention. I hope these conversations encourage you to do the same. Let's dive deep into today's episode. Sign out episode number five. Thank you for being here. I am so grateful each week seeing that so many of you are tuning into these episodes. As you would have just heard then, my goal is to educate and empower and I truly hope that you're leaving each episode with one of these two things and of course a few takeaways to inject into your everyday. If you are enjoying listening to this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could take a moment to leave a quick written review on iTunes. Leaving a written review really helps the podcast get seen by more people who need to hear these conversations, and I really appreciate your help in spreading the word. Today, I am joined with the beautiful Liz, health enthusiast and mum of two. Liz shares her family, parenting and motherhood journey via Instagram, but before motherhood, she started traveling the world and documented her adventures using the hashtag LizBucketList. In 2014, Liz pursued her passion for creating guilt-free treats in her kitchen and started her business, Love Superfoods, a combination of raw vegan sweet treats and nourishing smoothies. Liz thrived alongside her business and filled cafes all over the Newcastle region with her delicious vegan treats. Liz has hung up her baker's hat for now and turned her focus to motherhood as she welcomed her first son, Eli, and then her second son, Sunny, with partner Daniel in 2019. Liz has a clear focus on health starting from within and in this episode shares her journey through motherhood and well-being. We also chat about all things self-love and battling our inner critic as we transition into motherhood. And Liz shares a very special and unconventional birth experience with her gorgeous baby, Sunny. Hi, Liz. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so happy that you're here and in person after being in isolation for a couple of weeks and we can now officially have one to two people over. I know, it's very exciting. <laughs> for having me. <laughs> no, of course. So to kickstart us off today, I would like to ask you, um, life is obviously a little bit different at the moment and we are all living a little more slowly and cautiously. What have you been doing in isolation that has positively impacted your health that you maybe wouldn't have done otherwise? Um, I, I wish I could say that I've been meditating, but I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of hard to do when you have like a a five month old attached to your boob constantly and a two year old that's constantly, um, demanding your attention. Yeah. Mum life. um, Something that has helped to keep me sane is exercising. Um, I've been exercising maybe one to two times a week, Mm -hmm. not as much as I'd like, but, um it's like it's half an hour that I get to myself that I get to sweat it out feel good get some endorphins going and yeah set me up for the day yeah absolutely and it gives you a little break from the boys and just yeah it gets that headspace right I guess yeah um so just diving into the history of your business and a little bit of a backstory behind love superfoods was the business concept off the back of your own health journey um what was your first sort of touch point of your relationship with food so i did not grow up with anyone teaching me any kind of nutritional information and um i was kind of brought up on 
really unhealthy food. Yep. And I had an addiction to sugar. Okay. So I worked in retail and every day, without a doubt, I would eat at least two family blocks of chocolate a day. Oh, my goodness. I know. And, um, yeah, I'd eat a block, a whole family block of chocolate and by the afternoon I'd get another energy slump. I'd buy another block of chocolate and eat that and – that's what pretty much fed me energy through the day. Oh, wow. I know. So anyway, I had a really unhealthy um, relationship with food and I had a sugar addiction. Mm. And all I wanted to do was just eat sugary foods every day. Mm. And if I didn't, I'd have headaches. I'd have no energy. Um, so I relied heavily on chocolate basically. Yep. Um, and then I got to a point where I wanted to start exercising. And it was actually one of my girlfriends that got me into going to the gym, Mm -hmm. um, which is where it all started because she was doing bikini comps Mm. and she wanted someone to go to the gym with. So I was like, yeah, I'll come to the gym. Um, And there was a PT there that um, was trying to help us, you know, get to our goals and he'd say, what's your diet like? And I'd say, not very good. (laughs) (laughs) I eat chocolate every day. Um, I eat kebabs for lunch. Yeah. um, So, yeah, it it wasn't very good at all. So he'd tell me, um, if you want to get to your goals, you need to start eating healthy, cut out the chocolate. And I just thought, no way, that's ridiculous. And I would go to the gym every day with my girlfriend and she cleaned up her diet. And I noticed with her that she was losing body fat and she looked great. Yeah. And... I felt better because I was exercising, but I wasn't dropping any body fat. And I got to a point where I thought, okay, if, I, if I'm putting all the hard work in, I might as well start eating healthier and cut out the chocolate and see how I go. It's not going to hurt. But I did notice that my mind was a lot clearer. I had more energy um, and I... I did drop body fat and I started to feel a lot better. Um, so I, I did notice that cutting out the sugar, the excess sugar, the excessive amount of sugar that I was having made all the difference. But I got to a point where I was like, look, food is a part of my happiness. Mm. Dessert is. And yeah. I loved baking. I loved baking muffins. I loved baking them for friends. And I couldn't do that anymore because I'd cut out all that good stuff. Yeah, all the naughty stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I um, thought, okay, there surely there's got to be a way that I can make this a little bit healthier. Yeah. That I can still enjoy it in moderation. So um, I started to, to do a lot of research on um, different kinds of sugars mm-hmm. that I could use in place of white sugar and healthier options Mm -hmm. so there was like maple syrup agave stevia um rice malt syrup and all that stuff and then I started experimenting in the kitchen yeah so you experimented yourself you didn't follow anyone else's recipes at all or no so I already loved to bake yeah but I'd never made any raw desserts before that wow um but baking was a part of the journey two raw desserts yeah so I did my research and I was making healthier muffins and I started to share I was actually at the time I was actually sharing my journey of um I guess 
being a chocoholic on Instagram. Yeah. And I it sounds really silly now that I think of it, but I was like two days um, chocolate free or I've been three days without chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> well, sort of the start of the Instagram movement as well in like in, around that time, 2013. Yeah. 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 And a lot of people shared their fitness journeys on there. Mm. And I was one of them and I was sharing my journey, um, I guess, in health and fitness. And um, I started to share my recipes that were um, refined sugar-free, healthier versions, um, and people loved it, which I was really surprised about. Mm. So um, eventually I came up with these recipes that were um, gluten-free, dairy-free, baked goods as well as raw goods and um I made an ebook and I um shared that on my social media because people would message me and say hey can you send me this recipe for this and send me send me this recipe for that and I got to a point where I was like okay I can't keep up with the amount of people that are messaging me asking (laughs) me for these recipes so I'll put them together in a book Mm -hmm. and I'll share them and the time that it took for me to um create the the beautiful pages of recipes and put all together put on a website so that people can click on it um and purchase it Mm -hmm. um made it a lot easier for me because I didn't have to direct message everyone yeah and they could just go straight to my blog Mm. and I was shocked at how well my ebook sold like there was there were people in America making my desserts in Canada in um Okay, and it was just crazy because I just thought like I'm just this girl from Nui, yeah, um, trying to quit chocolate, just making healthier desserts, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't believe how many other people were on the same journey trying to do the same thing. Mm. Um, and then I got a job in in a health um, supplement store, um, which helped encourage me to do more research in superfoods and. Um, how I guess your body reacts to things and what's natural and what's unnatural what's toxic and and all that stuff so um I started to just create only raw vegan desserts because of the superfoods that were in it and when you cook something you lose all the all the nutrients and the enzymes um and it got to a point where friends and family were saying I love your desserts that you're posting can you please make it for me and I was happy to do that. So I was making it for friends and family. Um, and then that got to a point where it was costing me a lot of money. And I thought, why don't I make some extra cash on the side? And if someone wants to order like a dozen balls, mm-hmm. I can charge them. Um, and that's how Love Superfoods all started. Yeah. And awesome. it was just, yeah, it was crazy because it just kind of happened organically and through word of mouth, more people heard about it and and so many people connected with you because of the journey that they were on so that's really special yeah heaps of people were trying to quit sugar (laughs) (laughs) true yes um and you also have a well you had a 10-day smoothie challenge which was a part of love but it's now something that you do with your family so you obviously you encourage it on your community on instagram to take part in too i'm keen to hear more about it can you share that Yeah, so with the 10-Day Green Smoothie Challenge, I initially started that, um, I think it might have been like in 2015 or something, can't even remember. Yeah. But it was a part of my journey in that having a green smoothie every day helped to reset my body and detox of all, you know, the unhealthy stuff that I was having. And a lot of us don't have 
enough fiber in our diet so having a liter of a green smoothie every day helped to up fiber intake helped to detox the body so i started the um 10 day green smoothie challenge for myself and then found that people wanted to join in with me because same thing with the dessert people were trying to eat healthier they wanted to feel better they wanted better skin and the green smoothie challenge um ticked all those boxes yeah so it's basically a liter of a green smoothie there's like celery apple banana you can add kale spinach apple cider vinegar helps to um yeah improve your gut health as well as add hydration to your body which can help with your skin um have more energy and by the end of the 10 days you feel better you crave less sugar and you've also created a healthy habit so I ended up doing it every year and people wanted to jump on board and we're still doing it with yeah. the family. So Yeah, that's yeah, so they've cool. all joined in. <laughs> I'll have to get onto it. I definitely want to have a go and I yeah, think my definitely. family really like it as well. It's just sure. a fun way to cook together and yeah. encourage healthy eating at home too for the kids. Eli loves making the smoothies with me. Like it's so yeah. much fun. He chops up the banana and like chucks it all in and then we turn the blender on together. So it's a nice fun activity yeah but then he gets to see all the goodness that goes into it and then he wants to drink it as well so it encourages him to to want to drink it yeah (laughs) yeah that's awesome um I know you've hung up the baker's hat for now to focus on your beautiful baby boys but is there any chance of love making a comeback in the future there's a part of me that misses it yeah and I miss seeing all my stockists and you know the owners at the cafe and the beautiful people at the farmers markets yeah but I feel like that was the old me yeah and I'm on to a new chapter yeah and I love you know being able to prioritize my boys spending more time with them and just being a mum yeah you might have to bring back the ebook so people can take the recipes again I actually started (laughs) started doing like writing an ebook wow so that I could release it before I had Sunny and then my laptop broke oh no so I never got to finish it (laughs) and now I've got Sunny and now I've got no time well maybe one day yeah maybe one day that sounds really good (laughs) Liz you've created such a raw and honest space on Instagram where you share so much of motherhood and all of its highs and lows can you share your journey to motherhood wow where do I start um so after having Eli I went through all these emotional changes and um everything changed for me the way I looked at life the way I thought of myself um how I wanted to live my life and my values and things that mattered before just completely did not matter anymore Mm. and what I thought of my body didn't even matter anymore yeah and after carrying a baby and then giving birth and then having the, the labor that I did I just had so much respect for the female body yes and if I ever took Eli out for a walk or anything and I walked past another mother like I just wanted to high five her and say (laughs) you did it you're (laughs) you're a goddess yes and people should be kissing your feet yes um because of what we have to go through yeah like it's such an emotional um an emotional change as well as a physical a mental a spiritual and there's so many changes and it's a lot to take in um especially if you've never never heard of it before no one no one talked about it at the time I'm glad people are talking about it now Mm. but at the time 
I hadn't heard of matrescence. Yeah. Um, I didn't quite understand what I was going through. Yeah. And and because I didn't understand what I was going through, I thought, am I a little bit crazy? Like, why am I feeling like this? Why am I so attached to my baby mm. when these books are telling me that I should detach and just leave my baby? But I felt a, a strong feeling in myself that I needed to pull my baby in closer, yeah. cuddle him, yeah. and if he was going to cry, then I would be that person to be able to soothe him. Yeah. Um, and eventually I found my feet. I, f- I found my groove in being a mother and I found the strength in and confidence within myself to mother the way that I want to mother. Yes. Um, and that was through, you know, loving my child, comforting him, whether that was, you know, through breastfeeding and um, cuddles and letting him sleep on my chest and um, just just being there. And how was your experience with Sunny? Was it similar or...? Yeah, so because I'd been through um, that transitional, massive transitional phase with Eli and having that big shift, I felt like I was a lot more prepared um, the second time round. And I feel like Dan was also prepared as well. Yeah. I think he was probably thinking, okay, she's going to cry heaps and I'm going <laughs> to hug her and I'm going <laughs> to let her know that everything's going to be okay yeah. and that she's doing a great job and – and that's exactly what he did. And I told him that's what I needed. Yeah. So I'm glad I communicated that before having Sunny. And I was actually ready to feel that kind of emptiness again and cry for days and go through the baby blues. But it was completely different. And I don't know if it's because I was mentally more aware or it's because I didn't have a traumatic birth. Um, so how was the birth with Sunny? Oh, it was amazing. It was just magical. That's um, awesome. Not, not the birth that I initially envisioned. I didn't quite get like the water birth with Eli because at the time um, they just didn't have a bath available. Yep. And then I ended up having to be induced because my water broke and then my labour didn't progress within the 48 hours like they would have liked. So I got induced and that was just intense. Mm. So... With Sunny, I thought, okay, I want to have my water birth that I envisioned. It's going to be magical. We're going to have essential oils and a diffuser going, <laughs> and <laughs> going to have this beautiful music and affirmations, and I'm going to feel loved and supported, and it's just going to go beautifully. Yeah. But then through the pregnancy, I also had this thought in my mind that Sunny's just going to fall out <laughs> while I'm going to be grocery shopping at Woolies at Charlestown or something. Um, and I just kept telling people, I have this feeling Sunny's just going to fall out. (laughs) And I thought it was just wishful thinking. And I had a fear that I would also tear because I tore with Eli. And I had to get stitches and that was horrible. So I think I was trying to be positive and think, Sunny's just going to fall out. It's going to be fine. Um, But with Sunny... um, I felt because I had more confidence in myself um, as a mother, I had more confidence in myself, uh, sorry, more confidence in my body mm. as well. And I knew that, that this is what it's made to do. Yes. So I had more confidence going into this pregnancy and labour. So when I went into labour, I knew that my body was going to know what it's going to do. I felt more relaxed, so everything was more open and... 
pretty much within an hour or so I gave birth to Sunny. Um, for those that don't know, I laboured alone at home um, for about maybe half an hour. Wow. I was in labour for a lot longer than that, but I just didn't even know. And by the time I knew, I called Dan and he was at work mm. and there was traffic at the time and he kind of didn't take me seriously because with Eli, it took so long for me to go into active labour. He thought he had ages, so he mm. was like, yep, I'll just finish some work and then I'll come home. But I was like, no, come down. And he's like, yeah, I'll finish some work and come home. <laughs> <laughs> but, now, but I was just feeling another contraction coming, so I just said, okay, yep, I'll see you soon. And I was labouring alone at home. The lights were off. It was a hot day, so I had a fan on. Had the Himalayan um, sea salt lamp yes. on just for a bit of um, relaxation, mood setting. Yeah. And I had confidence in myself that I would be able to do this, that my body was going to be able to do this. And I knew that I wasn't going to make it to the hospital. Um, and I was fine with that because I was so confident in myself. Mm. And thinking back, I'm super proud that I had that confidence. If it was the first baby, I definitely wouldn't have because I didn't – I wasn't prepared. But mm. coming into the second labour and pregnant, um, pregnancy and labour, I was definitely more confident in myself. So labouring alone at home, I just thought, I got this, I'm going to be fine. I just hope Dan gets home in time. So I laboured alone in ho- at home and by the time Dan got home, um, I had already – my body had already gotten to the phase where I was bearing down and pushing. Pushing, right. But yes. I was holding back so that Dan would make it home. Yes. And once he did, um, I definitely felt more relaxed and I was ready to just push Let Sunny it out. Happen. <laughs> yeah. Let it happened. You birthed at home. Yeah. So we, Dan was trying to get me to the hospital, even though I told him we're not going to make it. He was. Um, he, he just wanted to get me to the hospital. Yes, I think as any partner would. Exactly. That's, yeah, the next yeah. step that they need. So yeah. we tried to get to the car and as Dan was putting um, my things in the car, I had just dropped to my um, hands and knees on the garage floor and pushed Sunny out. Wow. And then Dan came back in time to see me do this because oh I was holding um, – holding myself down there, yeah. trying to catch Sonny's yes. head by myself. And then Sanded, uh, Dan has had realised what I was doing and said, oh, shit. Yeah, he's coming. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then went behind me and said, I've got him. And I said, are you sure? And I was like, okay. So as soon as he said, I've got him, I just put my hands on the concrete floor in the garage and pushed Sonny out. Wow. Um, and Dan caught Sunny and delivered our baby. That is and it, such a special story. It was it was honestly the best. I had the most positive birthing experience and it was only Dan and myself there. Yeah, on the garage floor. Yeah. Wow. There were no midwives, no student midwives and yeah. um it just felt beautiful that it was just us two. And you had that trust in yourself to get that to get the job done. Like you just knew that you were gonna be okay. Yeah. Which I is trusted, amazing. I trusted my body. I also had trust in Dan that he would be able to deliver our baby and yeah. I was able to just let go and let my body do what it needed to do mm. and I wouldn't have changed a thing. So amazing. 
so yeah. special. So every time we walk through the garage, I'm like, this is where you were born, Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> what a story for when yeah. he's older. <laughs> Diving into your um, postpartum journey, something that you once wrote on Instagram, which really resonated with me at the time. You wrote, after having a baby, you lose a bit or a lot of yourself, only to come back a new you. There's an identity shift and a new mindset. You see the world differently and all of a sudden you see yourself differently too. Your body has changed and it's a lot to take in for any new mum and I have to find myself again as well as get used to my new body. I personally felt this overwhelming shift myself after having my son and I remember coming home from hospital and having respect for my body but at the same time I also remember my first shower and catching my reflection and being so overwhelmed with this shame and it was such conflicting emotions um but this is the journey of motherhood and I feel for all mums no matter your size or shape I really truly feel that women go through these emotions and it's only in recent time that it's been brought to light for women I guess through social media and a global movement to be real and raw what throughout that time really worked for you in terms of resources um, or mindset work that supported you to battle your inner critic? So this is something that I'm still currently working on because mm. I had Sunny almost six months ago yeah. and my body hasn't bounced back. But at the same time, I'm not in the gym 24-7 trying to get my old body back. Mm. Um and I do have moments where I still catch a glimpse of my body and I'm like, wow, is that what it looks like? Yeah. And have a bit of a cry. Yeah. And I think that's totally normal and it's fine. But at the same time, I do have this amazing respect for my body. I've been able to carry two babies and birth them and my body's still nourishing Sunny as I'm still breastfeeding. Um, and I have so much respect for it and so many other mothers should as well. And that's what I love about social media and that's something that's helped me in that I've, I've been following other mothers that are going through, you know, the same kind of journey and um, they're sharing the raw and real side of motherhood, the postpartum journey and yep. their bodies. Um, and, and that really helped me because I kind of – it made me feel like what my body looked like and what I was going through is normal and it's yeah. fine. My stomach is loose and that's normal. Mm. You know, my, my waist isn't tiny and that's fine. I'm only six months postpartum yeah, and I don't need to look like I'm ready to enter a fitness comp. Mm. And so you've just been staying connected with other mums, I guess, in similar yeah. journeys yeah. at the moment. Definitely and, helps. And listening to podcasts and I guess just reminding myself that to be patient and that, you know, I'll eventually feel like myself again mm. and that's fine and my priorities are my babies at the moment and I'm healthy they're healthy and that's all that matters yeah with my first son Jesse I um I was exercising you know ridiculous hours up until I had him and then I was back in the gym two weeks after and it was full-time hours again wow. and I was going at it and I had such a different um I guess mindset then as well and I just felt like I had to do this. I had my wedding three months after I had my son. So that was yeah. probably my encouragement there. Yeah. But I You looked amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I had this like, I had to get this done, this job. Yeah. And um, this pregnancy has been so different. I've been super unwell, um, really restricted and limited in terms of like um, sore lower back and pelvis and hips and 
everything's quite tight and even going for a walk sometimes I get a lot of pain Um, and I've just been really trying to focus on what I can control and what I can do and being connected with other mums as well on similar journeys because and that's the beauty of social media it's so good you can either use it powerfully or you can use it negatively and making sure that you're not following you know those mums that I guess are picture perfect and have the bounce back bodies and because yeah. that can be deflating when you look it at really that. can yeah. and I mean it's easy to say don't compare yourself but if that's what you're scrolling through and that's what you're seeing daily yeah. it's hard not to sometimes yeah and you do you lose yourself in that scroll hole and then yeah. you just like you walk away from your phone an hour later feeling like crap and yeah, it's like absolutely. why did I do that and I noticed that <laughs> after having Eli pre-Eli I followed all these um fitness people Mm. that had teeny tiny bodies that had abs or really small waist and after I had Eli I unfollowed them all (laughs) (laughs) because I thought it's not good for my mental health it's not and that's not even my goal anymore yeah and I mean good for those women and that's amazing and and it happens for them and that's awesome and you know if that's what they're they're proud of that and they want to show that I love that for for them but I mean if I had a body like that I'd you're doing yeah, the same thing exactly but <laughs> for me it I feel you and in terms of it just didn't work and I had to cull Instagram a little bit because it was like you know what I need to see things that are visually going to support me and encourage me and make me feel good yeah, yeah. I read something on um, Instagram like maybe a year ago that said if you see something on your Instagram that doesn't make you feel good then don't follow them mm. Because there's no point in, I mean, Instagram is something that I'm on every day. So if I'm looking at things that make me feel really bad about myself, Mm -hmm. then it's not helping my mental health. So there's no point in continuing to look at that every day. Mm. It really is that simple, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, if it doesn't bring you joy, just get rid of it. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So having your two little boys has obviously been a bit, a part of your motivation to work on your worthiness. Um, can you share talk to me about that and why why that's so important to you so growing up I feel like I was constantly told that I wasn't enough Mm. and I felt like I wasn't enough and I felt like I wasn't loved if I didn't do what I was told Mm. Um, from your parents is that yeah yeah yeah. and I think that's just their culture Mm -hmm. um have to do this and you have to listen and um I was also told that I if I was too fat I was also told that I needed to lose weight if I needed to and um I don't think it's things that you need to hear or to be telling your children so I guess growing up I've always thought if I become a parent one day I want my kids to know that they're loved I want them to feel that they're enough so once I had Eli and Sonny, I wanted to make sure that I didn't push also my insecurities onto them. Mm. So I've made sure that I'm showing Eli the love that he deserves, making sure that he knows that you know he is enough. And it's so hard because you read so many things as a parent to try to be the best parent and there's things to say, um, there are books that say don't compliment your kids on their looks because you don't want them to think that um, looks are everything. 
and I've read so many things and it's just it's a lot to take in Mm. because you want to be the best parent you do yes and there's things that say you need to do these activities and this kind of style of teaching and don't say this and say that and don't say no or you know um let go of control and all that stuff and I'm trying to do my best yes um and I feel like they're thriving so I must be doing something right yeah (laughs) absolutely absolutely I actually only had a conversation with my husband um, last night surrounding my stepdaughters and how important it was to me to really ensure that not only they have confidence in their bodies but they also have respect for their bodies and that teaching them this at a young age and how important it was that by respecting their bodies to have that control so this is my body and I control what happens um, because worthiness starts from childhood and so many of us women Absolutely. are now working on our worthiness for ourselves as adults when it's really just something that we should have had ingrained to us from childhood Absolutely. and you know not saying that our parents done anything wrong by us they just didn't have the opportunities like all the resources that we do have now to educate themselves. Absolutely. And at the same time, back then when they were growing up, they didn't have social media, they didn't have Instagram, they didn't have Facebook. So I feel like they weren't constantly comparing themselves to these pictures. Mm. Um, So I think it's really important now in 2020 when we're raising our kids that we let them know that, you know, that they're enough. They don't need to look a certain way. They need to have self-worth. And, yeah, it's important. I want to digress into mental health a little more as I really feel like with the current climate of COVID that there's been so many different emotions surfacing for us. Um, It really feels like that we've been called upon to adapt and collectively the world is feeling quite uncertain and at a loss of control, which then cultivates into anxiety and for some fear. How has isolation impacted your mental health? To be honest, the... First few weeks were a massive struggle for me. Um, Sunny was just about, I think, four months old and I was only just finding my groove again. Mm. I had this fear of being able to leave the house with my newborn and with a toddler. So I rarely left the house but then I got to a point and Dan had went back, Dan went back to work a week after having Sunny and Eli is so active. Loves riding his bike, loves going to the park. So I had to build my confidence back up and eventually got to a point where I felt confident and comfortable enough to leave with Sunny and Eli, go to the park, go for bike rides. And I also found my groove at going to the gym again. I was going to the gym twice a week doing a class. I was going to Pilates one day a week as well. And I felt like I had a good routine and I had that confidence. And then all of a sudden we were told we had to stay home. Mm. Um, and I was only just starting to leave the house again so I was like no I don't want to stay inside Eli doesn't want I doesn't want to stay inside either Mm. so it was really hard the first two weeks I think I cried every like second day to Dan because I was like I just want to leave home yeah Um, and I just wanted some fresh air and something different because I was just at home with the kids every day. Yeah, being and a stay-at-home mum, like yeah. you're already restricted in what you can go and do. And then it was like, oh, it's 
taken all I've away lost from my you freedom again. Yeah. yeah, that person that you spoke to when you got a coffee every day, they, yeah. you don't get to speak to that stranger <laughs> yeah. now. Exactly. I'm yeah. just speaking to, you know, a baby and a toddler. Yes. So I missed that, you know, I missed the social interactions, even if it was a person that made my chai latte. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I had a, a, a bit of a fear of the unknown really surfaced for me because I know I thrive best when I have like structure and routine and so my son was put out of daycare like you and we've been at home for eight weeks and now slowly things are coming back to normal which is super exciting and we get to go and chat to the lady that makes our coffee (laughs) it's good it's all coming back which is going to be really great um Liz touching on a lighter topic but back to the kitchen Mm -hmm. as we're coming into winter what is your go-to immunity booster for you and the boys Definitely green smoothies. Yep. Um, the more whole foods, the better that you can put into your diet because that's going to help boost your immune system. Um, I also make um, gummies as well for Eli yep. um, to help with his gut health. If he's got really good gut health, he's going to have a stronger immune system um, and sunny breast milk yeah, <laughs> i'd love to give those gummies a try actually you have to share that recipe yeah definitely me. i'll have I to will. get it from you before yeah, you go I'll send it to you <laughs> <laughs> sounds good well liz thank you um for catching up today and for a chat with me i'm really excited for people to hear this conversation i feel like i can relate so much to your journey and i know other mamas will too so thank you so much for anyone that wants to see liz and her beautiful little family you can find her on instagram which is at miss liz lim Thank you so much for having me and giving me an excuse to leave home and be child free. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's been good. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside Out. I really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon.